0: Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of 2023 for Tyler Geiss's Basement. As usual, kick things off with a cold open, and in said cold open, I would like to propose a question to all of you, the listeners. Does a horror film that takes place in the world of 80s workout videos sound like something up your alley? Now, that was kind of a rhetorical question, because regardless if you care for that or not... You're listening to the episode, and you're going to get to hear about the making of one horror film that takes place in the world of 80s workout videos. On the show today, I have none other than the two people behind A&P Films, Angie DeAlba and Paul Ragsdale, here to talk about their upcoming film that they have a crowdfunding campaign for, and there's a link to it in the show notes. Murder Size. Just saying the title alone, you can probably figure out what the film is about. And after listening to today's episode, if you want to check out the crowdfunding campaign for the film as they are now in post production, you can check it out via the link in the show notes. Throw them some cash. This would probably be a sick film to have on your Blu ray collection. And with all that being said, let's kick off the very first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. Welcome to the basement. Hi right, guys. Uh today on the show, well actually I need to apologize cuz I thought the crowdfunding campaign ended, which is the reason why I reached out to this pair of filmmakers, but I just learned before I hit record that it's been extended, I believe, into January a little bit cuz they reached their goal and I'm really impressed. I, I mean, of course I'm really impressed cuz the project looks really cool and totally up my alley. And I wanted to get it out there to the world a little more, because I know they've been making the rounds, promoting the crowdfunding campaign. Uh, Angie Alba, Paul Ragsdale. Welcome to Tyler Geist's basement. Oh, man. Thank you for having us. Thank you
1: for having you us.
0: For having us. Th- thank you for saying yes. Uh, I know you guys are out there on the West Coast and Central Cal, San Francisco area. Um, I was just telling Paul before I hit record. I love that region of the country. Um, I was out there traveling when I probably shouldn't have been like two years ago, (laughs) Uh, but it was it was for a work related thing. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) the crowdfunding campaign is still going for murder size. Uh, We'll talk about it a little more kind of the tail end of the show, but I just kind of wanted to tease it a little bit. This is such a cool little project, like a cool little niche horror film you got going on here. Uh, Talk to me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it follows in the tradition of a very, very small niche, like you mentioned, of aerobics-themed horror movies. There aren't very many. And there's really only two, like, legit ones, uh, Killer Workout and uh, Death Spa. And you have some, you know, aerobics-themed stuff, like in other movies, like Toxic Adventure and, you know, things like that. But those two are the real, the the, the duo out there. And so, you know, I like those movies. I love them. And, uh, you know, just being inspired by... Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout, which is not a narrative feature, but, you know, still a workout aerobics, horror-themed uh, program, and um, our friend Ginger Lynn Allen, uh, she had her own uh, workout video back in the uh, early 90s um, that I recently, uh, or I had gotten before I booked the movie. Uh, I just wanted to do something with aerobics, and I thought just stylistically, aesthetically, that is something that we could have a lot of fun with, because uh, that's like a main attraction main draw for us to a project is what we can actually do with it, how to make it look, um, different from every other movie. So we thought that'd be fun. And uh, we just wanted to go alongside killer workout and death Spa and make that third aerobics horror movie that, uh, everyone's so desperately clam, uh, clamoring for. <laughs> they just don't <laughs> know. <laughs> it, I didn't
0: know I wanted it like that. That's the <laughs> thing. Like you guys are really, uh, you know churning out a lot of cool promotional content for the film um yeah, i think nice. just today you posted that clip from a, from apocalypse now uh the helicopter oh, yeah. scene
2: i saw yeah it. yeah, yeah uh, and we've been doing like little character like trailers uh with yeah. angie with the good idea of doing that we released uh, crystal Shays yesterday so that's on the on our feed right now we have a few more to go but yeah, we're starting to get into the character reels and stuff and people have been really really liking them really digging them definitely um so you guys have
0: quite the uh aesthetic with your films i say that very complimentary uh very much an 80s aesthetic um yeah. and but like taking place in what feels like at least with i mean correct me if i'm wrong but like with some of your previous ones like it still takes place kind of during modern times
2: right yes that's correct uh streets of vengeance uh slash Red party those two have 80s you know yeah. style uh, influences in there but they are modern day for sure modern, murder size this one we're attempting to make it an actual period piece
0: all right cool no it, it's a. Uh... It's a it's a cool vibe to it. I think you guys have a great aesthetic. Uh, I'm going to dive into it a little bit uh, mm-hmm. with just some notes I had on the films. But before I get going, you guys are maybe couple number three on this show in the past year. That's a filmmaking pair. Oh, well. and you know, you guys are obviously have you guys are together in your personal life as well. But um, how? Like, I'm always curious. You know, when you especially when I have co directors. You know, how did y'all kind of come together as a filmmaking pair? Especially, you know, with you guys being together in real life, if I, if I must say.
1: <laughs> well, we met in film school in college. All right. So Paul always wanted to be a director since he was a child. Mm-hmm. And I just wandered in on accident to film class because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was just taking all kinds of random college classes. And I was like, filmmaking. Sure. Why not? Let's just try that. I had no intentions of becoming a filmmaker at all. It just sounded like something that was like fun and maybe easy. I had no clue what it was about, but that's where I met Paul. He was like the most legit person in there taking it seriously. (laughs) Everybody else thought it was an easy A and it was not, but that's where we met. And, you know, the filmmaking stuff, I was like, whatever, I took a few semesters and I didn't learn anything there. Um, But the important part was that I met my best friend and soulmate so obviously we started dating and we decided to like become adults because we were still like teenagers pretty much and so we kind of took a break from filmmaking class and became adults like got our own place got jobs got established as like young adults and then after a couple of years we're like you know that filmmaking thing we never we never like did anything with it.
2: Yeah, we bought a house and I was like settled in and then we said, well, maybe we should pick it up again. You know, and it had been years. It was like a six-year hiatus, you know, from, from class, from yeah. home class to maybe trying to try to do it again.
1: Yeah. So we were like, well, technically we have the know-how from school. All we need is a camera and some a computer to do some editing. Mm-hmm. We could do our own little crappy short film like what's stopping us from you know messing around and experimenting so we're like oh just the two of us we'll we'll just run out there it'll be like no pressure we don't have to make a big spectacle out of it like we don't need a cinematographer and audio people and we don't need all that we'll we'll just do it us two and we'll grab a couple of actors yeah so it started out very very small and just as experimental and then it just kind of like got bigger and bigger and bigger from there yeah And then, I mean, we've remained a couple this whole time, so.
2: Yeah, and now our operation has just become more, you know, I mean, I've always been the writer-director, and I was the shooter as well, shooting it. And Angie uh, was the producer. She would help write as well. And uh, she'd help, you know, obviously input on the directing and the editing and then the marketing, like, at the end. And then now we just, that's where it started, and then we're we're continuing that to, to this day.
1: Yeah. Even though we're a couple, I think first and foremost, we're best friends. So I think sometimes people think, oh my gosh, that must be hard. Like as a couple, do you guys like get sick of each other or do you guys like argue. Mm. <laughs> and we really don't. I mean, it sounds kind of, I mean, in our personal life, we're like any normal couple, obviously we'll argue about stupid stuff like dishes, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, when it comes to like filmmaking, we're really excited to be there. We're really happy. We've planned it super detailed in advance so by the time we get there there's not really a lot of unknown stressors it's just kind of we know what we're in for especially now at this point that we've done it so many times so
2: yeah we're in sync the whole yeah, time yeah we're in
1: sync the, the whole time and it's it's a fun fun experience
0: so like with directing pairs usually there's and Paul you kind of answered this a little bit just now but um Like, who's kind of working a lot with the actors and who's kind of working with the camera a lot? Like, what, which I know, like, Angie, you seem to be more on the producing side. It sounded like it's it's
2: kind of like, um, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with how the Coen brothers work, but the way I've heard them talk, you know, Joel will work with the actors and Ethan will work with the camera, but they both work with the camera. So, like, for us, I work with the actors as far as their lines and where the block. Angie works with them as far as like with their costumes and um, scheduling and setting up, you know, when to show up and things like that. So we both talk to the actors, just different aspects, you know, and then with the cinematographer, you know, I'll tell him, you know, what what I have on my shot list and then he'll frame it. And then I'll ask Angie, what do you think?
1: I'm more watching out for the angles to make sure nothing like weird pops into frame. I mean, I try to be there as much as I can. Sometimes quarters are tight, but. Um, like set dressing like trying to do what we can with the budget that we have like just trying to really make it feel like you're there in that world that's more my department helping the actors come up with like their mannerisms uh, how their character would stand or move or how they would react Is kind of more my department helping them work with their accessories and their wardrobe makeup yeah accentuate that stuff on Mm -hmm. camera and then falls more of like emotional
0: delivery or the line delivery yeah interesting uh with you guys kind of having such an aesthetic of the vhs era it seems Mm -hmm. i just need to know like where's it all begin for you like inspirations wise like whether you want to say movie titles or directors like I, i just just by watching your guys's well some of your guys's uh Films. I think I, I think the only one I didn't get to was unfortunately Cinco de Mayo, which I I <laughs> I, 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 I was going off your link tree on your Instagram, and yeah. it showed Streets of Vengeance and a Slash Lorette Party. But I discovered that like about two hours ago. You guys have another one on Tubi. Um, I'll get to that eventually. I promise but like oh uh, no rush
1: yeah no rush <laughs> that was our first movie we did not know what we were doing yeah and, if, if, and it shows
2: yeah if you, yeah. you want to see like our yeah like our progression or whatever yeah, yeah. you can you can go I,
0: back i that. i say the same thing like i have friends who still haven't seen a feature i made from years ago and i go like yeah do th- you need to though you know like <laughs> there's so right. much more stuff out there to watch but yeah, uh, yeah. like That's who cool. who are your inspirations like again like i I just love your guys aesthetic and I feel like so many people try to capture that, that era so well, or some people try to do it and kind of, I don't want to knock anybody, but sometimes it just falls on its face. And I don't think you guys really fell on your face with, I think you guys did a great job with it, but um, who are your inspirations? I dragged that out really long. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, I think my answer is more of a general, um, I mean, we're both, 80s kids so we grew up in that era so all of it is a true nostalgia of ours being from that time and growing up popping in the VHS tapes as kids and having our favorites and, and busting them basically because you're watching so many times or whatever and just having the experience of being able to go and like rent videotapes and what a big Night that would be when it's like oh it's Friday it's like time to go get a big stack of videos that's your weekend you gotta like plan your viewing weekend and uh, I obviously grew up with all the big eighties movies you know all the like Goonies and Lost Boys anything Spielberg and all the big uh, movies of that time but Paul's more niche he was in everything
2: yeah like as far as like inspirations I mean yeah I mean I drawback from growing up watching horror movies, you know, off of TV, cable TV, late night TV. That's why Streets of Vengeance has that intro all night long, uh, which is an homage to USA up all night up all night with Ronda yeah. Shear. Mm-hmm. And Secret of Mayo actually has that, has that too. Um, so I watched a lot of movies on TV, you know, because we didn't have cable when I was younger. So I would watch these, you know, uh, cut, <laughs> you know, these uh, movies that were cut for for time and cut for content and things like that so that's a was very nostalgic to me and I hadn't really seen anyone do that you know as far as like in the indie world the closest that I saw anyone do that was um Astron 6 um the Canadian filmmakers that did Father's Day and uh the the editor and to me they really had that that love for VHS because they're the same age as, as us and I loved Father's Day and that's really really inspired me to do Cinco de Mayo you know they did a holiday horror movie. And I was like, well, oh, we should do a holiday horror movie and, uh, you know, do a Mexican one because we're Mexican. No one's ever done one before. And so I was like, oh, maybe we could try Secret Bio and see how that works out. So Astron 6 were very inspirational to me uh, as far as like modern day. I consider them like modern day filmmakers. But of course, growing up watching, you know, all the Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Streets*, and Halloween's, that was my childhood, you know, not hers. Uh, she wasn't allowed to watch any of that. Really? She, her mom paid her to watch any horror movies. Oh, no.
1: My mom was a big-time chicken, and unfortunately, that was passed down to me. So I'm a big-time scaredy cat, and I we didn't watch anything scary. We didn't have cable. Paul's always joking that I'm, like, part homage, like I'm homage <laughs> or something, but uh, everything was very... Um, Call sanitized, them? yeah, everything went censored, through, like, censored, yeah, everything went through my mom's filter, so that's why everything was like ET and like very kid friendly stuff. She was being a good mom, I guess, and yeah. Yeah, not I, letting me watch scary stuff. But I like ET,
2: yeah. but I also like aliens too.
1: <laughs> but we both have that uh love of, of video and the 80s and just making things fun, like a fun experience over the top. Something crazy that you've not seen before, and you're like, I don't know why this works, but mm-hmm. it just does. It has a little bit of everything.
2: Yeah, and, and that's what I feel like is our kind of our secret weapons, because I grew up with all that horror stuff, and she didn't. uh Our forces combined together, you know, our sensibilities, you know, help make our movies, you know, what they are. Yeah. It was and also
0: an like, it was also an era of like just so much imagination too. Yes. Yeah. And like I don't want to sound like a cranky old guy about like. In this day and age, do we really, you know, with all the stuff that gets released? And I don't think that's the case. I actually think there's still a lot of imagination out there in films uh, today, but there is just something about that era. I I just felt like, I don't know if it's just like from a business perspective, studios just let filmmakers run wild with, you know, Joe Dante making gremlins or something. And Mm -hmm. that's just fresh in my head because I just popped it on today because it's kind of a Christmas horror movie. Um, yeah, here we are. Even though it's not really full on horror, but that is, that's that's a fun one, by the way. Uh, yeah, I
2: mean the fun ones are you know are one of the favorites like Night of the Creeps, you know, yeah. uh, Monster Squad, of course, you know, directed by same director, uh, you know, something like that. You know that, that's where all the best movies originated. And now they're trying to do the remakes now. You know, Child's Play, yeah. on Elm Street, Halloween have been done so many times. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, um. I you did just kind of answer a question. It wasn't really a question I had real quick, but I just have to if you want to elaborate any more on it, but I have to admire how Streets of Vengeance starts out with that homage to like USA Up All Night thing. Like I <laughs> I had maybe I haven't seen the reference you mentioned, Paul, but um one thing it made me think of and it, this isn't like from the nineteen eighties or really that era, but um it was that is a Amazon Prime original, the Vast of Night, uh, sci-fi alien drama It takes place in like the 1950s. Really good if you mm. haven't seen it, but it kind of starts no. out with like camera on a TV, an old like 1950s 50s TV, like introducing a monster movie, and the monster movie is the movie you're about to watch, and
1: a uh, little bit
0: in similarity to. But what yeah. I'm get what I'm getting at here is, I freaking love how you guys did something like that to kick yeah. off the movie rather than just the movie starting. Cause I think I, when I went to watch streets of vengeance, I put it on, I was going to watch it on my phone. And I was just like, I can't interview these two and say like, I watched it on my phone. <laughs> 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 so I was like, I got to all get to watch fun. it at my house. And just seeing it kick off with like this cool local TV thing. Uh, just a great idea. That there's no question there. I just have to commend
2: you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank I mean, you. we
2: definitely appreciate the, your appreciation. Um, because a lot of people are not aware of that yeah. kind of stuff. And that's the kind of stuff I, I love, clearly. Uh I used to watch there used to be a public access TV show here in Modesto called uh, Halloween Theater. Um, and me and my brother, I have I still have them recorded on tapes, And uh it was a horror show, and it's these guys, they had a TV show, the local public access television studio, and that was everything I wanted to do. I was like, man, these guys are doing what I <laughs> want to do. So they're another inspiration to us that people don't know who they are. Obviously, they only have I don't think they even have anything really on YouTube. Uh I was thinking about uploading some of my own stuff on YouTube, but yes, the horror hosts TV, public access TV show. Yeah, I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: it's like a <laughs> it's like a dying thing, you don't see it anymore. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, I know we still all have Elvira showing up on Shudder from time to time, but like...
2: Yeah, Joe Bob Briggs.
0: And Joe Bob Briggs, yes, Joe Bob Briggs. I can't forget about him. Yeah. Um, And I think it's like horror fans that keep that alive. Yeah. Is that yeah. persona, but 1950s, 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, like you had people like that even trying to do it at like a local access level is so, it's just so cool. And I don't know, I've always admired local access tv with like just the kind of if the people who work there get like a (laughs) chance to really kind of do something cool and interesting like that it was was,
2: was my that was my dream growing up that that's what i want to do
1: yeah it was so intriguing as kids because you know we were talking about the vhs and like when we're home with our vcr you're just recording all kinds of randomness that just whatever pops on tv you're like i like that so then you end up with this weird videotape that has like Cartoons and like part of a movie, commercials. And like some commercials, and part of a show that you accidentally got. And then it just becomes this weird, yeah,
2: like, uh, yeah, it sends time you, it's capsule, like, yeah, time machine. It just sends me in a spiral when I watch that kind of stuff. Cause I watch, I've recorded, my mom recorded Creature of the Black Lagoon for me off of like local TV, and it has like a little late night bumper, mm-hmm. like the little stars in the sky and channel 47, whatever it was. And that kind of stuff is like, ugh, that's, uh, Love
0: yeah, it. No, that that's cool because um I think if you go on YouTube, I went down a wormhole one night. You can find like someone like taped episodes of USA up all night and mm-hmm. just put them on like a YouTube oh, page. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think I I think I sat in this office for like four hours and just like, oh, played man. a few videos.
2: Oh yeah, Rhonda Shear herself has her own YouTube channel and she uploads the episodes yeah and yeah that's what i watched before to get inspiration to write you know the dialogue for the for our own fake tv yeah. show
0: no that, that's yeah. cool i guess that's a kind of a solid transition into streets of vengeance um uh you know i, I it's a cool it is this was such a fun cool like i know you know horror thriller vengeance action pissed mm-hmm. off women movie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Favorite type. yeah one thing i picked up on and i don't know if you guys have ever been asked this i'm sure you have by genre fans and whatnot but i really dug and maybe you weren't going for this but i dug the italian giallo vibe i kind of got okay they're mm-hmm. nodding their head all right mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> oh yeah,
2: yeah. oh yeah, yeah
1: yeah uh tenebrae tenebrae
2: yes. big influence uh there's an, an overt homage oh, and, yeah uh, we
1: like Literally
2: knocked it off. Yeah, when the the girl yeah is getting the sheet ripped open yeah. and her face is like screaming, "That's tenembre. Well, the the two girls, the two girls and they're walking around topless and stuff, and she's like has her throat slit on the floor. Um, and then the New York Ripper, we have that mm-hmm. in there with the uh, girl getting stabbed in the vagina, but that's supposed to mimic the bottle scene in um in New York Ripper. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And the black glove with a straight razor. Yeah, mm-hmm. Giallo. Lots of homage. Oh yeah, I love Dario Argento.
0: Yeah, uh, I think Shutter just recently dropped a lot of a, uh, not like your not like your typical Argento's or um, Fulci film, or maybe there were a few Fulci films, but they just dropped a lot of Giallo uh, films on there oh, recently cool. in the last few months that I've kind of been. I, I don't. They. It's kind of funny. Like you go on Shutter and it says like this movie's in English and it's not. <laughs> um, just completely fine with me i don't mind reading subtitles but no that was a oh, cool that was a cool little nod i wasn't expecting that and that to me i think was another reason why like i needed to reach out to you guys i'm like okay they know what they're doing they know giallo films i like giallo <laughs> films um what is just kind of off the top here uh for just for the audience uh what is the uh, like elevator pitch i should say for streets of vengeance
2: streets of vengeance to me i mean if i'm going to go really let me have an elevator pitch cuz i might not get funded if i if i give this elevator pitch but i say, i say elevator was, pitch
0: to filmmakers cuz it makes them nervous sorry
2: <laughs> no like i mean the inspiration for me was like if i was to sum it up it was uh the cover of new york uh, i'm sorry new wave hookers which is a, a, an actual adult film with ginger Lynn on the front I looked at that and I thought, what if that was not a porn movie, but what if it was like a Brian De Palma-esque thriller? I thought that would be interesting. And that's kind of the seed that started rolling. And then uh, I'm a big fan of Savage Streets with Linda Blair. Yeah. we like that movie, but, you know, she doesn't really have a girl gang. It was just mostly Linda Blair. And so me and Angie are like, well, what if the you know our character had a gang you know, behind her? So I'm, about, like, I'm
1: obsessed with like girls, yeah. like singing groups and like gangs, like anything where it's like a group of girls, like coming out. Witchblade mess- sisters. Yes. Yes. Mess with the world. Definitely. And anytime that there's been a movie where it's like implying that there's a girl gang, I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah. And I always wish there was more of them doing more mayhem. Mm-hmm. So we kind of went. That route, and we're like, yeah. we need to put this like girl metal group together, and mm-hmm. they just go around killing everybody, and they all get some screen time, and everybody gets to pick their favorite girl, and you're rooting for all of them.
2: Yeah, and that really did happen. We're we really really uh, pleasantly surprised that people like, oh, I love Liv, you know, the Purple health Girl, uh, the best, or I love Mila, of course, or you know, things like that. So that was really cool to to, to have a girl gang. So that was like one of the big you know selling points for us because originally, like I said. I had thought, you know, like a Brian De Palma-esque thriller, like Body Double or something like that. And uh, usually it's like, you know, solitary character or Savage Streets, which is a solitary hero. Coffee, you know, another great revenge, female revenge okay. movie. That I dig so, it. So I love female revenge movies. Um, so I wanted to do one. And I thought if one was set in the adult film world, you know, taking like a, a Brian De Palma approach, um, I thought that would be really interesting. So that's kind of how the, the ball started getting rolling on that.
0: And with it taking place in the adult film world, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. I was just going through the cast. I know Ginger Lynn is in it. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about her in just a minute, a little more. Yeah. Uh, you guys hired actual adult film stars to play some parts, and like, like how did how did that connection get made?
2: How, how did you guys get them <laughs> to come do it? Like, or was it just super easy? Like, <laughs> you know, you know what? Because it was not planned. I'll okay. say that first. It was not planned in our original script. We kind of hit like a little hiatus, and we had a lot of free time on our hands. And then I had an idea. I was like, "What if we reached out to someone?" And I was like, "What? I can't do that. How well, am I going to reach out to him?" And then
1: Paul was looking for a name. He was trying to find like someone that could we could add as a name to the movie. Lucky. And I was like, "Well, if we're making a movie in the adult film world, we should try and get in touch with adult film yeah. actors because like most likely they're." available for hire yeah. at least that was my assumption and i was like and if they're doing our movie where you know porn is not required they're just acting it's an easy yeah. job it's like a man I mean, maybe i was like naive about it but i thought oh this will be like a walk in the park for them it's easy easy days work to show up and get, have a little dialogue and like joanna angel she gets to like kick a dude's ass in it so that she's right. like yes well, i he- love this
2: <laughs> we see because Joanna Angel, her story, she had a, a boyfriend that was a piece of like right before we started writing the movie, and like or as we were writing the movie, that like, story kind of came out. So she was part of an inspiration for for the movie itself. There's a character in, in our movie that's supposed to be like Joanna Angel-esque. She's like a punk tattooed girl, and she has her own studio. And so, like, that was shot before we even contacted her. So when we had this little hiatus and we're like, oh, maybe we could shoot some extra scenes, and I asked Angie, oh, Joanna Angel will probably be good, but how would we even get a hold of her, you know?
1: I was like, just hit all these people up, link in bio, see if they have emails. So we were checking who yeah. has, like, yeah. we were basically just sliding into people's DMs. and.
2: Well, actually, we I, I knew, because I were well, on Twitter, she was coming to our area. Yeah. I was like, yeah. hey, she's gonna be in our area on this date. What should I contact her? Um, you know, yeah, and
1: just
2: then like I see what
1: she's gonna see what she says. What, what could what source that could yeah, happen?
2: No. She says no, yeah, so it was just on a whim. She's gonna be in our area like in a few weeks. We need some more name power in a movie. Maybe I can pitch to her, hey, Joanna, Miss Angel, this movie was <laughs> inspired by you. Will you take a look at the trailer? And we would love for you to have a little cameo, a few hours tops. We yeah. don't want to take too much of your time. Okay. We'll, we'll be in we'll and come out. To you.
1: Yeah, we'll come to you. We'll pay your rate, whatever your rate is. And and we'll raise it. We'll, we'll whatever, you. You, want. whatever we'll you Make want. it a couple of hours. We'll make. We'll do whatever it takes to make it work within your schedule and and to your, you know, requirements. And, and she was like, Yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. it. Yeah,
2: and not expecting any kind of return. She was like, I love the trailer. This sounds cool. Uh, If you can do it in a few hours, come to my hotel room and we'll do it. And she was super cool. She was super cool. Yeah,
1: it feels really nice. So nice.
2: Cool. Cool. No, I. I That's kind of how it started.
0: I I thought that was so cool. You know, bringing an actual industry people into the uh into the world because I thought you guys really portrayed. I mean, this does kind of show maybe the darker side of the adult film industry in some aspect. But I like how a lot of your characters are just very should I say sympathetic, even though you know they go on a full-on, you know, killing spree of some oh, sort. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, <laughs> revenge. I, they, these guys deserve it. it was so. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they definitely deserve it. Uh but I yes. just liked how they were sympathetic characters and you yeah. felt like they were real people. I mean, this is a completely different genre than, you know, Streets of Vengeance, but even something like Boogie Nights, Paul Thomas Mm -hmm. Anderson, and just how, you know, he's making a film about the adult film industry, but like those characters in it are so like, oh yeah, people who have sex on camera are people too. Holy
2: shit. I forgot. And I thought thought you guys did a good job with that. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We definitely wanted to be very uh, sensitive to that. I mean, cause like I said, the inspiration was, you know, you know, what if this was a thriller set in the adult film world, but, you know, I wanted the character, you know, from like a female revenge movie uh, vantage point, a lot of those movies, the, the the main character is a very sympathetic person because they're, you know, a student or a nurse or, you know, what you would call an innocent you know, and then they get wronged and then they go get their revenge. So this, you know, they're adult film stars or strippers or sex workers. So there's not a lot of sympathy for people like that, at least back then. You know, maybe it's gotten better now. I don't know. But some people have a hard time being, yeah. being, being empathetic yeah. just based off of what they do. So I did want that in the movie as part of the, of the you know, the, 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 the theme of the movie. Yeah. That it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be someone you can just, you know, not some wounded little puppy dog, you know, it was going to be, you know, a complex person, but, you know, someone that does this kind of work unapologetically. So, yeah. yeah,
1: that was part of the punch. <laughs> we wanted to make it uh, more realistic in the sense that you get to see that they're real people and this is just a job to them. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and they are overlooked by as victims of crime, you know, like. That's the, why there is like no police, you know, they and they say that the police aren't going to do anything, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole point right? You know, them becoming vigilantes. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, you guys, so, uh, Ginger Lynn, uh, you guys have worked with her a few times, uh, famous adult film star from the 1980s. What is your relationship with her and just why you guys keep kind of going back to working with her?
2: Well, we first met with her for Streets of Vengeance, and it was another type of thing like with Joanna Angel. Uh, just emailed her, and uh, I asked her if she would be in our movie. Sent her the the trailer. She thought it looked really cool. Yeah. She wanted to read the script. You know, she she was she hadn't done as many like indie movies at that point. Now she's doing a lot of them. Yeah. But at that point, she was like, you know, she's not just gonna work with anybody. So you know, we talked on the phone. I told her how much I loved her in the Vice Academy movies. And it was so surreal to talk to her. Angie was like, just, just do it, just do it. And I was like, oh my god, I'm so what nervous. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, because this is the person, like I said, had kind of inspired the movie. Like I said, her, the cover of one of her movies was the kind of inspiration for this movie. So I was like, man, this is kind of weird. And then uh talked to her. She was great. She was awesome. She was very nice. Um, We met her in San Francisco, flew her out, put her in a hotel, had dinner with her, had uh, lunch with her. And um, (laughs) she just regaled us with so many awesome stories, so many stories. And she was just so nice and so lovely that we wanted to work with her again immediately. And when we did Slash Rep Party, we actually went to her home uh, in Vegas to uh, do like the Indiegogo uh, video and stuff. And uh, she welcomed us in. Uh, we stayed with her for a night, and uh, we're like friends. And she like knitted us a blanket. Uh, yeah. She and we did murder sites with her just most recently. And um, she just constantly tells us that she just loves working with us, and she loves our our scripts. And she will do any. It, it, it's just such a weird journey yeah. with her that now we're just so such close friends. But we're very very honored because she considers us, you know, her some of her favorite directors ever. So. It's, it's really surreal. Like I said, sometimes when I get a phone call from her in the morning just to say, good morning, hope you're having a great day, it's crazy. It's really yeah. crazy. She's the
1: nicest person ever. Yeah. And it all just started from Streets of Vengeance, like shooting our shot with yeah. the, um, her being the inspiration on that cover. And she just has really loved the the roles that have been written for her, specifically yeah. for her. So she's someone who just completely like dedicates Herself completely to the character. Such a good actress that she signs on to play. So, I mean, she will call with questions, and she just like dives in. She starts like buying her own like wardrobe and stuff. Even if we're not going to end up using it in the movie, she just like really wants to get into the head and the yeah. mindset of the character. And I think that's why she has enjoyed working with us because it's really a collaborative process with her where we build the character together. We give mm-hmm. her like a nice foundation of what we're looking for and then she gets to like build and add and we kind of build up the character with her together.
2: She right? loves to indulge in, in all that and so do we and we don't get to do that very often working in indie film. So it's great to work with someone like her who is so dedicated to her character and so dedicated to the craft of acting. And uh, when we, we shot a few scenes with her in Streets of Vengeance, but they were so good, um, particularly the scene that she did with Brian uh, well the character is ivan and they're having a little standoff in, in the hotel room and they're uh, talking like towards the end of the movie and um i remember when we shot that jaw dropping on the floor i was like <laughs> man this is such a good scene she is so good and uh, uh yeah that's where it started and uh to this day now we're making our third movie together nice
0: uh slash lorette party i just wanted to touch on it real quick here and real quick sometimes i don't know how long that turns into by saying real quick but um (laughs) uh just from the opening scene um this is just getting my creative juices flowing just because i'm a big fan of like uh 1970s 1980s like paperback horror books i felt like this was such a like this just pulled from that like little canon of like novels like that, just the title alone and the atmosphere that's kind of created mm-hmm. in those dreamlike sequences, especially in the, the, the very first scene. Um, just talk yeah. to me about like kind of crafting your guys' aesthetic, not just in slash the party or streets of
2: vengeance or murder, just in general, like with your entire filmography. Um, usually when with the project, uh, there are a few touchstones, uh, as I call them, uh, movies, uh, TV shows, books, whatever, yeah. that uh, I gravitate to, and I kind of put them together as a, as a collection, you know, and um, so I want to show them in the movie itself somehow, some way, and like that particular scene you're talking about, Slash air Party with the, the dream and the fog and the church and the blue lighting and purple lighting, that's all, like, you know, very Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, to me, I feel like Rosemary's Baby um, was a big inspiration in, in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for that movie, I was watching like Rosemary's Baby. Uh, uh, Sleepaway Camp um, is in there in, in some ways. Uh, the Cat People, um, both the uh, Jock Tenora and the Paul Trader version. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just, it's, I, ha- I have these little weird touchstones of maybe like you may not see it in the movie but like they're in there somewhere like very very small and we tend to have a lot of those uh in our in our movies whether like the small sequences or the overall theme um and very rarely do we get to really go deep into it and talk about it you know because uh, and sometimes i'll try to show movies to some of the actors and stuff but i think they're really just more like concerned clips. yeah clips I think they're just more concerned with like what are they doing, you know, in, in the scene. Yeah. Like, okay, you worry about that, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about this. And uh, we work with our cinematographers. Um, Dan Zampa, he did uh, Streets of Vengeance and Slash Rare Party. So he was very aware of the style we we're looking for. Yeah. Um so he was very um instrumental in helping us create that. But you even, know.
1: even then, I think, well, at this point, we've we've been around the block once or twice. So I think people are starting to catch on to what we're doing. But the first few go arounds, when we would show up and be like, okay, put this uh, on this outfit, oh, yeah. and put this thing on your head, and we're gonna shoot this from this side, and we're gonna put this. I think a lot of people were like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand what this. Yeah. Are you sure What's this is happening here? This, <laughs> is this is gonna sound sound stupid. <laughs> but yeah. Then when they watch the movie, a lot of people like, oh. Okay, yeah. now it makes yeah. sense. When we yeah. were doing it, it sounded really sketchy. Yeah. Like what? I yeah.
2: didn't understand
1: what you were trying to talk about. <laughs> I mean, talking
2: about. Well, for instance, like just speaking on our Dan Dan Zampa, *She's Avengers was the first movie that we shot with him together as a team, even though we we both uh, know him, we've known him for a long time. Yeah. We, we went to film school together. Yeah. So I've known Dan as long as I've known Angie. And so that was the first time we actually made a movie together and first time we really worked together, same photographer, director. And uh I was having him do stuff that he had never done before, clearly, uh, because he wasn't aware of, like, giallo movies or anything like that. So when we did that little New York Ripper scene with the girl getting her vagina stabbed, I was like, all right, Dan, this is what I want What I want you to do. You're going to, this guy's (laughs) going to stab a knife over here, okay? And her vagina's going to be all bloody. And I'm like, well, what do you think? He's like, well, we've already gone this far. That
1: became a running. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we
2: shot
1: something weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah. I could,
2: His penis sliced off.
1: off. And we're like, How, how'd that look when we're watching footage back? He's
2: just
1: like, oh. Uh, I mean, we've gone this far. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think, Dan? What's going on here? You know, because I mean, he's never shot anything like that before. We've never shot anything like that before. But it was a learning experience for, for all. Well,
1: I think everybody <laughs>
2: was satisfied
1: well, with the final product. Yeah. They were like, okay, now watching it all yeah. together. Because sometimes the actors never meet each other depending on what what their character is. Mm-hmm. And they only know the one scene they shot or the couple scenes they shot. Yeah. So they don't a lot of times and no not to shade any of the actors, but a lot of times they don't even read the script. They sometimes just look they, don't. they just look to their own lines. They only know like their page. So they don't even know what the movie's about. Yeah, so you know that yeah. guy dark. right? So then when they watch the movie they're like, oh that's why I said that that guy and we're like yes Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so I think now people understand what we're going for. It's like an over-the-top, fun, exaggerated, mm-hmm. uh, just '80s um, super genre. I mean, we've we've become known for that, even though we've done a lot of other stuff that's like Italian style, French New Wave style. Mm,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. The, other films with other types of aesthetics, but yeah. we're more known for our '80s thriller, over-the-top.
2: It's not know, sure especially known for um i mean obviously you know you're known for like the type of music we have in our movies um the type of uh you know the, the, the temperament i guess but also like the the wardrobe too like um i mean the wardrobe in streets of vengeance is you know unlike the wardrobe in most indie movies and then the wardrobe in, in murder size you know it's it was, you know you're not going to find anyone else dressing like that or and just I mean just I don't know if it goes without saying but I mean we wardrobe the films we don't have the actors bring their own clothes because who's gonna have that kind of stuff lying around so that's a really really important aspect to our movies that's one of our little aces little secret tricks I guess or I like a, weapons
1: right I think it's like
2: uh neglected like
1: yeah what am I trying to say like uh I think it doesn't get as much credit as it deserves Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes when people are trying to ask us to describe our, like, why does our vibe and aesthetics translate onto film where other people are trying to do eighties inspired stuff and it doesn't, I think it's little touches like that where we're paying super close attention to like their socks and their shoes and their, the way that they wear their hair, the way that they're doing their makeup. And I'm like meticulously nitpicking about what they wear and it takes a lot of time to, to to outfit all these people, but it all is going to contribute to like the overall vibe. So I pretty much pick out every single person's every single thing that they wear, usually.
2: Right, and that's and that you know, I don't know if it sounds sexist or whatever, but that's the advantage of having a woman uh, on your film crew, as far as at least in as a producer, mm-hmm. as an art director, as a director, filmmaker. To a woman has that attention to detail, especially if we can have a lot of female characters. Because having yeah. a dude yeah. dress all the females—that's uh, not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> I know what I want, but how do I make it happen? Where do I go find this stuff? And that's what we do together.
1: Yeah,
2: that's all. No,
0: um, I think that works perfectly. And you mentioned yeah. it's that might go unnoticed, but it didn't go unnoticed by me because how many times have you seen? not knocking any other indie filmmakers out there we've all been you know weekend warriors trying to make movies totally. <laughs> how many yes. times have yeah. you seen an indie film where it's just like oh you can tell the director was just like just wear a white shirt make sure there's no logos on it like so Oh yeah design, oh, yeah. design with costume and just overall like aesthetic and in a shot with production mm-hmm. design is basically what I'm kind of getting at and mm-hmm. costume and makeup you know, yeah. it's one of those things you don't think about while you're watching a movie, especially like an indie movie, but still, yeah. like, I think it didn't go unnoticed by me. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and thank you. Well, you're, you've appreciate got an that.
1: inside, like an inside eye. That's why. But I, I feel like if I have accomplished my goal, it is that people didn't notice. It, true, it, true. Got yes. it to be part of that world where you're just along for the story and the ride yeah, and you get yeah. to be like, oh, I like her. I like that girl. She's badass. Or I like that guy. Or I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I, I love that when people are just seeing the character, they're not like, why are they wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt? Like <laughs> th- that takes people out of it completely when they're wearing something weird and that just like does not fit. So, I mean, we've definitely started at the bottom as well. I mean, uh-huh. our first projects were like $0. So uh-huh. we worked our way up to this point to be able to like, all this stuff and it's a huge pain in the ass like you have to get outfits I mean Slash Party in particular like there were so many cast members and most of them had double outfits they had like a daytime outfit and then they had a nighttime outfit and then if people got murdered then you had to get like a backup outfit so because we're shooting stuff out of order so if they get killed on day one and then we ruin that outfit but we're going to shoot a different scene the next day if they have a backup one brand new one yeah it's just so much clothes and so much like preparation and when I I again not to be sexist but a lot of the people that I went to film school it was like all boys in my class I was the only girl and all the boys were like who gives a crap about what they wear just let them wear some black pants yeah. like we don't care mm-hmm. but uh that stuff. I'm guilty. I like
2: of that. <laughs> yes. yeah. I mean, we're all guilty. If you, if you go back and watch Stink in a Mile, you can see what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if for a genre movie, if you're wanting it to feel 80s or if you're wanting it to feel, you know, metal, like metal band, hair band, like it has the vibe has to be there and the clothes and the makeup and all that stuff is a huge it's just, part of it. It's
2: just part of creating a world.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: No, it, it's not sexist because my, my first movie, uh, I think the o- and like this is just because I was making a little movie. It's not like I was, you know, not didn't want no girls on set. Um, <laughs> it was I think, the male, I think the only two women in my film, my first ever film were um, two actresses that were in the movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody on like crew was just guys. And like I remember I had my two leads, like one wore a white shirt, one wore a black shirt and they were like. <laughs> Okay, and I was just like, people are asking me, like, shouldn't you maybe, you know, switch something up with that another look? And I was like, the movie takes place in a in a day, like, no, they don't need to switch wardrobe. Yeah, I was like, I tried to pull some like artistic statement out of my ass. I was just like, it's yin and yang, they're opposites, okay? Black and white. Yeah, God, that's a good and evil thing
1: going on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: like that's it's spy versus spy. One one's dressed in black, one's dressed. I don't. I don't know.
1: Um, we all have been there you gotta do what you gotta do in the beginning you know you make it work that's why we say like when people ask us about advice uh, for their first film and we're like well probably start a little bit small and like build your way up because Mm -hmm. a lot of people we know want to make a feature like right out the gate and they're like it's about the mob it's about the mafia but then they have a guy who's like 19 playing a mob boss and he's wearing like a hot topic teacher and you're like this doesn't really
0: did life. that movie
2: <laughs> we all did we
0: that movie. I that played movie. a mob boss in <laughs> a movie when I was like know. 21 I'm not kidding Oh yeah.
1: yes we all were trying to make the godfather we were all oh, trying oh, to yeah. make reservoir dogs good yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw and goodfellas too many times one summer and like I was like I can oh, make yeah. a mob movie <laughs> <Hell> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes we've all done it so that's how we know now we look back at our first projects and were like oh my gosh we were so cute we thought
0: that was good yeah. <laughs> well um let's let's jump into murder size just to kind of bring things to a close here um i i again like i said at the top of the show i knew you guys were doing really well on this crowdfunding campaign um but i thought the campaign finished i was completely i was <clears> wrong <throat> and you guys have you know you guys have hit a hot streak so it's it's going to keep going so my whole, like all my questions are kind of out the window now. So <laughs> I, I guess, um, you know, let's just kind of plug this thing as best as we can for anybody listening out there that might want to donate as I leave yeah. the campaign in the show notes of this show. I like doing this a lot. I like having, cause I've, I've been in the trenches with crowdfunding. I've fallen on my face and I've done really well before it can go both ways. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know we touched on it at the top of the show, but let's kind of just elaborate on it a little more. Like, what, what what's what's going on with this thing?
2: So, murder size. Uh, like I said, I want it to be the, the third entry into this uh, little small aerobics themed horror genre or subgenre, I guess you can say. Uh, but it's it's about it's about the production, the making of a of a low budget sleazy home workout video. These guys are trying to cash in. That's uh, mob. Funded, and uh the the main guy Gino has hired this girl named Phoebe to kind of run things, and she's very anal, very attentive, and she's very bossy. And like the whole crew not getting along, they're just goofing around, smoking weed, eating burgers and pizza and stuff, not nah, listening into her. And so she gets mad. Yeah,
1: she's one the one that actually cares about fitness.
2: Yeah, she cares about fitness. She <laughs> loves President Reagan. She's
1: trying to take it seriously she and make like a presidential video.
2: She does, she, she loves, loves Reagan. Reagan. And actually the, 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 the actress Kansas Bowling, who plays Phoebe, she actually loves Reagan as well. Yeah, so she
1: texted me her favorite picture of him. It's
2: hilarious. Yeah, she loves her already. Yeah. So so Phoebe, <laughs> uh, so she's in she's in charge of this unruly crew. Um, so the the mob uh guy, can the the, the mob boss who's connected to the video, wants his daughter to, to, to work out. So the daughter's like this wild child mafia princess. She Teaches Phoebe like the ways of murdering your way up to the top, you know, laying down the law when people don't listen. And so she takes it too far and starts murdering people on the set when you don't listen to her. And eventually it catches up to her, uh, in the, in the, in the, in the hilarious ways,
1: or it doesn't, it. yeah. <laughs> wow,
2: all right, dude.
0: Um, I, I, when I, I've been looking at the content you guys have been putting out, um, this definitely feels uh, would you agree with me i'm it's okay if you don't but like there's a lot of horror out there that is getting like really niche in their subject material and i feel like workout horror like there's just like i don't want to say niche maybe i should mean like little like subcultures Mm -hmm. are kind of like starting to pop up in Mm -hmm. especially genre films and i think you guys are really capitalizing on hey remember those workout videos let's make a horror film out of
2: it (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly exactly yeah. it. Like I said, because we, you know, work so much with Ginger Lynn, she has her own workout video. That was partially the inspiration for the habit I had her sign for me the last time she was here. So I was like, yeah, workout videos they were so big in the 80s, you know, and uh, I don't know if you remember the um, Friday the 13th part four, right at the very beginning, when they go pick up Jason's body and take it to the hospital, there's a guy, a, a, a paramedic, he's watching a video, it's a size. And it's like this really sleazy workout video. He's watching and Jason comes up behind him and like cuts his head off with a hacksaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that tape, a lot of people know what that is. It's a very sleazy, you know, workout. It's definitely not made for working out. It's just made for guys to the ogle the, the women in the <laughs> in the video. And so that was kind of the starting off point. So oh, that'd be kind of funny if someone was trying to make that. And then uh, that was the backdrop to a to a horror movie. And I'm a big fan of way Camp 2. Um, and in that movie, you know, you know, Angela is the killer and she's killing all the, the, the the counselors that are, you know, offending her or not doing the things that she wants. So I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool to kind of mix, mix the two and then have a little twist um, that I'm not going to go into because I want to save that for the actual movie. But that's the setup. That's the setup. You have this, uh, you know, workout video being made and you have this girl, uh, not uh, getting what she wants or people not listening to her. So she takes matters into her own hands. Um, So yeah, so that was the inspiration and this was something, this was a movie that I really wanted to write very quickly. I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about it because there's been scripts I've taken like two years or three years writing. So I told myself I was going to write this in a month. After writing scripts already, I I wrote two scripts. I I wrote like a a wrestling demon movie and I wrote a a female (laughs) vampire movie called Only Fangs, which might be the next one after this only but, oh my movies. god that's awesome <laughs> yeah so murder size i was like okay i gotta do this i was like this is gonna be a fun little movie it's gonna be really small small cast you know just get a couple of people we like working with drew marvick you know ginger lynn allen uh, nina crystal shay you know get some people in there and then when we did the campaign you know we did the promo videos like we normally do and i don't know why but for some reason the campaign really took off yeah they, this was the, our biggest campaign ever, and it was supposed to be a very small movie. And we raised the most money we've ever raised for any campaign. What's ever. that so, right now? If right now it's at like All four thousand. All right, uh, <laughs> pretty freaking awesome. So crazy, let me tell you. And uh, and we're still, you know, getting co- contributions. You know, people are still reserving their copy, their Blu Ray, their VHS tape, DVD. You know, getting there. You know posters and stuff, and uh, yeah, we have a really great poster by Brutal Posters that just you know came out like a month ago, and uh, yeah, we've just been really really blessed with the people that we've been working with and uh, the acceptance that people really embrace this movie. Like I said, it's just a little aerobics horror movie, and you know, like I said, it's such a small subgenre, so small that I was kind of worried maybe people won't get it, you know. But nah, <laughs> <dude>. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: no it's it's like how many celebrities from like 1980 to even maybe into the early 90s because i'm i was born in 88 so i grew up in the 90s but Mm. i i know i had like you know i know she just passed rest her soul olivia newton john workout videos hanging around my house that i don't know maybe my mom was using a few (laughs) years before i came into this world i don't know uh (laughs) My uh, my yeah, thing yeah. was Tybo. Well, not like my personal thing, but I just yeah. remember oh, Billy Blanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Blanks, who was like a <laughs> stunt man. Like I think he was in like some like B level action movies in the nineties. <laughs> but yeah, Tybo was um, my thing. But um, no, that this is this definitely is. I I was clear that people haven't forgotten about eighties aerobic videos. Um, yeah. No, it's just it was just like a, it's a cool little. It's something that like maybe people. I don't want to say forgot but it's like mm-hmm. they're not thinking about that on a regular basis but when you see yeah. something like this you're like oh that's cool wait that's really cool so <laughs> um, that was definitely my impression when i um oh, man. Oh, so i don't glad. even know how i stumble well i kind of do but like i feel like i just do a lot of doom scrolling with
1: <laughs>
0: filmmaking on instagram and whatnot yeah i kind of have to for this show so um <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's a really, it's it's a cool concept. I did have a question before I kind of wrap things up Mm -hmm. and it's, I just skipped over it. So I feel like this might be a little off topic, but I think it'll be kind of a Testament to the little filmmaking family you guys have created. You guys seem to work with a lot of the same people. Um, So that must mean you guys are like a little tight knit group out there in California uh what is the what's the vibe on set like i mean it must seems like it's fun for you for making these films it looks like judging by just how they come out they seem like fun movies to make
1: oh thank you um yeah well you pretty much hit the nail on the head there um when we first started making movies i think we kind of joked about it how we came from very like modest background mm-hmm. we knew nobody we had no money we had no connections we didn't we didn't have anything so the way we try to build our base was by um going to local theater and i mean we went to film school and the theater was right across the hall from us so it was like oh the filmmaker kids and then the theater kids right across the hall so we knew they put on shows pretty regularly so we started going to some plays and you know talking to the actors afterwards and being you know we we're basically like hand them from their performances and we're like oh i like that guy i like this girl i like mm-hmm. so after the shows we'd be like hey you know we're local filmmakers you know, if we're experimenting with film and if, would you be interested in you know, acting on camera? And we basically started from there. And, you know, when you don't have like money and any of that stuff, I mean, we were raised pretty humbly. Like our parents were pretty strict. So every person that we work with, like it is our number one goal for them to have a good time. Uh, screw our movie, We we could care less, you know if it comes out awesome or crappy, I mean, whatever. Well, we'll try our best, but no no promises. But one thing we always want is for it to be fun. I mean, yeah. making movies should always be a good time. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? So, um, yeah, we, we try to have fun from day one. We've always tried to feed people, compliment them, dress them up, let them have fun, laugh. We don't take things too seriously. We're not sticklers about uh memorizing lines um everything's fun we've worked with a lot of people who were not actors who we thought just had an interesting look or an interesting charisma about them and we've developed a lot of people that have become actors from us plucking them out of chipotle or our job Mm -hmm. they were like our coworkers. um we've kind of developed an eye for people who are interesting and we just like to put them on camera and like i said you know if, if the vibe is fun they want to come back and even if back then we weren't paying people they were just doing it for the experience they were doing it for the fun and they were doing it for the free you know dinner or pizza or whatever we were offering back then and now that we've become successful i mean our campaign has like blown our minds we're right. finally at the point now where we can actually pay people who have been with us from day one, there's been people that have acted with us from 10 years ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're still part of merch yeah. size. And uh, we are like a little family. We try to stay within our community and people who have like been by our side and had our back and really helped helped us build our foundation as a filmmaking uh, team, You know, if they have a great attitude and they're respectful to all their, oh, yeah. their co-actors, then by all means, like, come
2: back. Enthusiasm goes a long way. Positive Definitely. attitude goes a long, long way. That's why yeah. we'll keep bringing you back, you know, because not everyone can go, you know, like as we move on and move ahead, you know, we're starting to, you know, incorporate, you know, people from the indie film world, like not people that are from our community, like someone like Drew Marvick, you know, we've already done, you know, two movies with him and we plan to do another one. And he's just such a great guy, you know, people love him, we love him. Uh, we love having on set. He's just always helpful and game for anything. Uh, even at the very end of the shoot, it's like one or two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, Drew, I need you to really <laughs> get in there. And he, there's a scene you you'll see in merchandise, but it was done very very late. And his energy was the same throughout the whole time. He's that's why we love bringing him back. Um, but yeah, there's people that we're working with, uh, like Ginger Lynn. You know, we're now incorporating into our family. You know, yeah. so our family is growing and and we do love working with the same people sometimes it doesn't you know get to happen sometimes but if you're there and you're willing to ride with us you know we'll take you along
1: exactly i mean we're super grateful we weren't wouldn't have been able to build this thing unless people took chances on us as a filmmaking team and people have been you know trusting us and our crazy schemes yeah. for years.
2: Yeah. So um the, do fact all the crazy that, things we asked them to. So. Yeah.
1: The fact that they've had like that faith in us and have always showed up with like a positive attitude and they're just like down for whatever. They're like, I just know I'm gonna have fun. Yeah. You guys find like really mm. fun people and when we show up, it's a good time. We get to eat, we get to dress up as a, a character. We do crazy scenes.
2: Get to meet new friends. I get to die.
1: Yeah. I, I get Blood. to kill someone. <laughs> So it's always a good time, thankfully. And from what we hear, they have so much fun that they're now people are like, I just want to be in your movie. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get in? Because I hear that it's fun. And now we're like, oh, my gosh, people want to be in our movie. That's a really weird position. The days
2: of going to look for people are like, you know, it's weird that they're over. Now people are coming to us. So really different.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But now we nice. to have some money so we can start to like pay people. Yeah, you
2: actually fight people wow. out and play them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: No, that that that's an awesome journey. Uh with your I have to commend you guys again. Um with like the films you're putting, I mean Streets of Vengeance about a, a violent story that takes place in the adult film industry, uh slash slash the rat party that has you know blood and gore and some toxic masculinity at times, if that's the word we want to use Yeah. Um, yeah. murder size, you know, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'm sure it's going to, you know, maybe outdo those two. What I have to commend you guys on is making films like that. And this isn't me. This is me as a fan, but understanding that there's a crowd of people out there that don't get stuff like that and don't understand that. Like, Oh, it's, it's just, it's just another dumb horror movie. I feel like you guys have done a good job having kind of great, underlying messages in these films i mean there's a lot of female empowerment in these films yeah. um th- there's in slash the i got a, I, a little bit of um i shouldn't say a little bit i it very much is there um you know topics of like mental health even yes. and yes you know that's the great thing about the genre is um and i say this a million times on my show here i say this a million times on my other little youtube live show i do that's kind of a strictly horror show um hot genre topics airing bi-weekly on youtube live uh please check it out anyway there's my plug um (laughs) um there's always good social commentary in uh these kind of genre films even if Mm -hmm. you know i used to love going to hang out with all my cinephile friends who don't watch horror, who don't watch grindhouse double features Mm -hmm. and listen and listening to them talk about the new Oscar movies and whatnot, or, you know, who's going to win best actor. And, you know, that's a great thing, but I also like kind of freaking them out and saying like, so there's this flick called last house on the left. I think Wes Craven has a (laughs) lot to say about the Vietnam war in it. And mm-hmm. you know and like i've kind of been able yeah. to turn i've been able to turn a lot of my uh non-horror friends onto films like like these like streets of vengeance murder size slash lorette party all like stuff like yours and a million other ones um so i just like i think you guys do a really good job at kind of throwing in some underlying important messages about society in your films
2: cool. yeah oh, Thank well, you oh that, that <laughs> is very 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 important to us you yeah know, no. uh, that is something we've had from the beginning
1: oh my gosh i'm so excited that you specifically mentioned that we don't usually talk about it unless somebody comments on it because yeah. you know I know politics and all that like people are like oh it's gonna be preachy like i don't want to hear I it i don't think it's
0: pre- um, no i don't think you guys are preachy at all in, in the films at all mm-hmm.
1: Right, Thank so you. we don't Thank really, like, talk too much about the underlying messages unless the, like, the people want to go there and talk about it. But um, I think, you know, Paul might have mentioned, or we mentioned earlier that I wasn't allowed to watch any horror movies growing up. Yeah. So my knowledge of horror is, like, minuscule. Yeah. Um, but Paul will, will write these things, and for me as an a outsider, I guess, from the horror community, I feel like, well, if I'm going to work on these projects, like, what can I... Bring to them. What can I say? I mean, I don't want to be like a, a woman who comes into the horror community and, like, listen up, I'm going to tell you about female empowerment. Like, I don't want to do that. um We want the first thing that comes across is that it's fun yeah. and it's very nostalgic yeah. and it's over the top. But if you're giving it a rewatch, you're like, hey, they were talking about. Yeah. The adult yeah. film and sex workers and, you know, incels. And they were commenting on like mental health and they're commenting on
2: repression, repression, and, and, and
1: so, yeah. yeah, toxic masculinity or <laughs> narcissism. I, I mean, I, I've always <laughs>
0: said, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I've, I've always said genre filmmakers are just activists who couldn't get their damn documentary made <laughs> so they just go make a movie about a killer with a bloody knife and I mean, say, like, much more.
2: this is saying this <laughs> <Yeah>. about society. <laughs> it's much more entertaining right, um, yeah. that way, for sure. Uh, like, um, I mean, yeah, it's been there from the beginning. Uh, we had mentioned Synchro Mayo, our first uh, feature film, which is, you know, very crude uh, by nature because it was shot on mini-DV tape. It's yeah. going back that far. <laughs> um, but uh, for those who want to look into it more, I mean, it is a, you know, a commentary on racism and, you know, uh, Mexican identity and stuff like that. There's all kinds of illusions there. There's so Yo, Yo so Joaquin poem, there's a Joaquin Morieta, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's all layers in there, but on the surface, it's a uh, slasher film.
1: holiday slasher. A
2: holiday horror movie with a guy, has Aztec bloodlust or at least that's what he's diagnosed by with his doctor and starts killing people, right? So that that's that's there, you know? And uh, so, yeah, subversion has always been a big thing for me, like I said, with genre movies where you can have a genre film, an action film, gangster film, whatever, horror movie, and there's a subtext to it and, yeah. uh, you know, that's yeah. always been our, our big thing is to have something there. Just something, you know, something more you know, that makes it mean something to you. Or, or, or to us, or whoever wants to, to look in, into that. Um, as far as like Secret of Mayo, there's been quite a few essays written about that movie. Someone really, A few people have been really deep, deep dive on the themes. You, you said you didn't, didn't want me to call. see this. I want to see it now. It sounds much more exciting than, uh, than it really is. Yeah. But, but, I mean, uh, I well. you, you should watch it. I mean, it does have the all-night-long. That's where we did the all-night-long stuff. we very started, so uh yeah and then there's a nice little funny trailer that we did and stuff but uh anyways yeah so yeah we do love that kind of stuff and thank you for noticing uh subtext damn I, I should have
0: kicked off the show with that now but um anyways yeah no you're you're welcome i love i love spotting stuff like that and yeah i mean you mentioned things something like you mentioned I mentioned like child's play earlier Mm -hmm. i mean i i saw the first child's play when i was younger and it's "Ah, that's chucky and you know watch it again like i think like in my late 20s and i hadn't i just seen like the the you know well part two is okay part three is kind of weird um in my opinion but i watched the first (laughs) one again maybe about four or five years ago for the first time in a long time i remember sitting there going like oh my god it's about 80s consumerism and like reagan era like you know yuppies yeah. and everything and like i was like oh my god i didn't even spot any of this but um
2: oh, yeah i mean same thing with monster squad it's about you know yeah. about it's really about sean's parents you know yeah They're on the verge of divorce and uh child children going off on their own and you know it's like it's like all that kind of stuff isn't it yeah
1: our next one the only things the vampire movie that we've written is tackling you know, aspiring entrepreneurs and side hustle and like capitalism and, and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Only fans or only fangs. Yeah. Uh inspired by OnlyFans app. So that's gonna have commentary on that.
2: Yeah. Uh, that that I one I, I think probably yeah. most ambitious uh project to date, obviously. Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. I'd be curious to look into that if you guys get that off the ground. Um yeah. Alrighty guys, we should, (laughs) this is the part of the show where, I mean, obviously you do have something to plug. We've talked about murder size, but where can we find more information about this? I mean, it'll be in the show notes of the show, but you know, what social media platform can we hop on to learn more to see you guys? Uh,
2: Yeah, we're on Instagram, a underscore P underscore films. Um, I will post all of our updates on there. Uh, we have the link to the Indiegogo on there. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, AMP and p Productions. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Paul Ragsdale. Uh, I'm constantly putting updates to our projects on there. Um, trailers, uh, Streets of Vengeance, Slash Rap Party, and Cinco de Mayo are all available to watch for free on Tubi. Um, if you, don't know, you guys don't know what Tubi is, Tubi is a great free streaming service. You have tons of genre movies on there. It's probably the best library I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It has Killer Workout, the two movies that I mentioned. So okay. if you want to watch those two little aerobic tour movies on there, they're on there as well. Uh, they have all the full moon features on there, which are very inspirational to us. Uh, I've had Charles
0: Band on this show.
2: Yeah. Charles Band.
0: Yeah. He's, he, he was on here to plug his book like a year ago. He's, that was a fun, oh, cool. that was a fun interview. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome yeah cool uh yeah look uh check those films out and if you how how long is uh murder size up for donations till this will air i think uh, we'll close it
2: probably at the end of january okay i think yeah probably up we'll for one more month before you know we close it down and then we just have to get all the perks um ready and then the movie ready right now we're on post-production with Murder Size. nice
0: all right um, I would definitely look into that. And all of you people listening out there should as well. Uh, Angie, Paul, thank you for a great show today.
2: Oh, man. Aww, thank, thank you, you. Tyler, for having, thank you for having us. So much uh, fun.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody go donate to Murder Size. All right. All right. We'll see you all next week.